You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on? Berto here. Berto, we're back with another episode. What do you got for us today? So I got a topic that is probably, it's probably on a lot of people's minds that aren't really privy to to gang um, atmosphere and probably makes a lot of people, I guess, quizzical, you know, because nobody ever knows the answer to that. And that is why do wars start or how do wars start or even when did wars start um, between gangs? And um, I can't give you, you know, hard dates or <laughs> no shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, and, but I can give you time frames and I can give you events that I believe sparked some wars and um, definitely, you know, I can give you the ones that I was directly involved in because I don't know what it says about me necessarily, but I, I literally was a part of, I would say three wars that started. Um, and I was directly responsible for one. So, um, I, I th- I'm pretty sure those stories, versions of the stories have been told on the podcast before, but, um, we can definitely cross that bridge with a different lens this time. Um, so, before I get started, though, you got any questions? Because I imagine this is probably a huge topic that you would you'd wonder about. So the first thing, can you kind of define? So I assume that that a war isn't started just by a feud between like two gang members. Like okay. where I, I would put that as like a feud or something like that. Where where does a feud cross the line to like a war? Because a war is like if you see another gang member, like in this other gang, I mean it, it's go time, right? Right, right, yeah, for sure. It's it's life or death. Um, <clears throat> so usually, bro, uh, that's kind of a that's a it's a good question. It's tricky though because a feud technically uh, between two people from two different gangs would usually mean that those two people in those two gangs were already cordial to some extent. You see what I'm saying? Like um, maybe they had a rapport, maybe they hung around with each other before. Uh, and, and so there's, there's a little bit of hesitance as far as going in, into all out war. Um, and then eventually that levy breaks and, and, and then the real war starts. Um, so th- the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, a lot of the times when wars start, it's not by two people that know each other. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not from two people who hang out together. So now don't get me wrong. I'm sure that in some circumstances, there's a lot of that going on where the guys actually know each other, um, maybe even by name. But <clears throat> I think especially the wars I was involved when, with, um, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of recognition of each other. It was more about what they were, what they represented and what we were and what we represented, if that makes sense. Um, but, but I'd like to ask you a question though, right? Cause this is something, what do you think, what do you think the main reasons are for like war starting? Do you have any, any type of inclination as to what do you think a war would start from? I mean, I would imagine like 
I, I, I can't define it, but I would like, I would use the example of maybe you cross paths with another gang member, I don't know, in a gas station or something, and some sort of feud breaks out. You don't really have a relationship with that gang. And because of that feud, it was a severe enough feud that, that the gangs start fighting against each other over kind of in retaliation of what, of, of a single event. Okay. If that makes oh, sense. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, um, that's typical. That can happen. I guess, you know, a lot of people, the reason why I ask you is because I wonder what, you know, a lot of answers are probably usually like territory, right? Like guys think, Oh, the, the war start over territory or war start over, um, drug money or something like that. But, but in reality, it's really not that complex, bro. It's really not. It's it's usually like some dumb shit. Like it starts over, <laughs> uh, over a girl or something, or it starts over, uh, you know, a house party and and guys bump into each other and you know, or you're you're dancing with somebody's girl, or it's usually something stupid like that, right? And then it turns into an ego trip, right, where um, everybody's puffing their chest out with what they are. Guys are throwing gang signs. And that's, that's, you know, that's to me from, you know, a lot, like I'm talking about older stories, right? Older stories were back in the day when, when there wasn't a lot of wars, that's the kind of stuff that broke wars out then. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess as time, you know, evolved and, you know, the younger guys came in, there was a lot more violence as far as reckless violence, you know, because we've been over that conversation before about you know, Chicago being violent too, but I'm saying a lot more reckless violence. And, and, you know, we used to have, we used to have all these mantras that we live by, right? Like we used to say, if you ain't a King, you ain't a goddamn thing. Or, you know what I'm saying? We used to say, we used to say these little sayings to each other and, and what it represented was the fact that we didn't want allies. We didn't need allies. Um, that's at least what we thought, right? We could have probably used a couple, but you know, that's what we thought we had nothing to lose, right. And everything to gain. That's, that's, kind of how we carried ourselves. And um, so when our wars started, I think it was, it was, there was different um, motives behind it. And so I'll kick off with one that started and it was with the SGDs, right? We talk about these guys a lot as far as, you know, when they opened up their chapter on 15th and Mitchell, right? Um, Chuck D had went over there. He was an MLD, you know, lifelong MLD, and then he went over to SGD and, and basically took over their gang and had of a shit ton of minions under him. But there was no structure. There was no, there was no, uh, you know, they didn't have assignments. So it was chaotic on their block. And, and, you know, when that happens, you know, it just, it invites, it invites people to come and, and really, and check out what you are and, and invites people in to, to, to infiltrate and be able to see like what you're, you know, what your neighborhood looks like. Now, unfortunately for them, they lived in a neighborhood, if I could explain it well, right? They lived right off of one busy street, right? Which mm-hmm. is Mitchell. And then right down the block from another busy street, which is 16th Street. So their block was basically like the gatekeeper to get to, you know, towards Greenfield because they also lived yeah, and I, when I say they lived, I mean like that's where they they stayed. I didn't mean they had like one specific house. I mean like they were on this block, and this block was directly across from South Division High School too. So that cut off 
um, being able to cut through because there's actually 15th Street and 15th Place. That cut off the 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 way to get through 15th and 14th. So the high school basically made people that were coming down Mitchell and didn't want to go down the busy street, go down their block. And that creates a lot of familiarity. You know what I'm saying? Like you're seeing these guys out here, you know, and for us, it was always about schematics, right? Like we're scheming like getaways and good ways to, to, to creep up on these guys. And, and so they were out there like a sore thumb, you know, they didn't have a lot of cover, you know, they didn't have a lot of gangways they could be in. So it was really a, you know, this is a completely separate point, but it was a bad choice of neighborhood anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. But so going back to how this war started, right. And this was the, this was the beginning. This was the inception. We had heard that those guys were out there, right. We had heard that, um, and, and I, you know, forgive me if I still, if I told the story, but I'll retell it based on the point of what I'm trying to make here. We had heard that those guys were out there. Uh, we were getting whispers um, that they were opening up this neighborhood, this SGD gang. And you got to remember, SGD was kind of non-existent, uh, you know, in 2000, 2001. Um, this is this is the end of, or this is 2002-ish. Yeah, the end of 01, probably the beginning of 02. So they were non-existent. So this is a whole new gang. And ironically, man, you know, people always wonder like, well, how do you guys hear things about, you know, who's opening up and, you know, what gangs are here and what gangs are there? And I'll be honest with you, man, a lot of what you hear in the streets is coming from women. It's coming from females because females have no boundaries. They can go and kick it with Latin Kings and go and kick it with two ones and go kick it with Spanish Cobras. And they're never, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, unless they're gangbanging themselves, there's never any boundaries. And so you know, you have to be careful with that because where their loyalty lies can get people killed or whatever the case is. And so in this circumstance, we had a mole basically tell us that, um, that this, this, this gang was opening up. And so I remember like it was yesterday, man, we were sitting on 23rd. I was with black cat. It was me and black cat Lawrence. Um, there was a few of us out there cause we used to always be out there a lot. And, um, and when I say 23rd, I don't mean like the hood 23rd from deuce tray. Um, we actually had, Joey's family lived uh, on a different 23rd, but we used to still call it, you know, it's still 23rd. But anyways, so we're sitting out there. Listen, bro, if you put this guy in the room with me today, I couldn't point him out. Right. But there was a there was a MOB king. Right. So that's a whole nother story. Right. Uh, of what a MOB king is. And I'll get into that at some point. But <laughs> this guy was an MOB king. Right. Which he wasn't a part of one, nine, two, three, Wild Walker Sword, but he was recognized as a king. Right. So I think he used to be a king back in the day. And then he was a part of this, this rogue chapter. And so guys still recognized him. Anyways, his name was Sammy, right? This is a completely different Sammy. And mm -hmm. so he comes up to the house. He's got like a white Mustang, two door. I'll be honest, man. He kind of looked like he was on some kind of drugs. I don't know what kind of drugs, but you know, maybe it was like cocaine or something. And he's like, what's up, man? You know, he's like real animated, real animated guy. And he's like, you guys want to smoke? Y'all want to smoke a blunt? And, and, uh, you know, we're just sitting there and black cats like, yeah, like, cool. We can smoke. And so he's like, well, let's take a ride. Let's take a ride and smoke. Um, and so there had been other brothers out there, but for whatever reason, uh, we ended, the guys that ended up going was just me, Black Cat, and Lawrence. Black Cat hops in the passenger seat. Me and Lawrence hop in the back. I'm behind Black Cat. Uh, Lawrence is behind the guy, Sammy, driving, right? And so 
now you got to remember this guy, Sammy is, is not from 19th street. So he's not privy to our conversations or what we're, you know, anything that's going on really. And so when we start driving, you got to remember we're coming from 23rd and around maple, right? We'll just say 23rd and maple. And, and this neighborhood is on 15th and Mitchell. So for those that know the area, it's not that far, you know, the, the, the drive isn't that far. It's a few minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, when we get in, he's like, all right, where y'all want to go? You know, like y'all want to go to Lakefront? You know, he's just thinking we're just going to smoke a blunt. And so, you know, black cat's like, man, why don't you drive down over this way? Uh, drive through 15th and Mitchell. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, so this guy, he don't know, he, he has no idea. He's, he's, he's clueless about, uh, the, what he's got himself into and what kind of guys are in his car. Right. And so, um, <clears throat> all right, all right, cool, brother, cool, brother. You know, so he's driving, you know, he's, and we're just, we're just shooting the shit like normal. And so when we get to, we're coming down Mitchell, right? So when we get to, um, we get to 15th, we have to take a left, uh, to get to, you know, from Mitchell to going on to their block. But before we even took a left, we seen guys like standing out there, you know, it's nighttime. Like the, the sun had just set, you know, it's a little, it's a little later. And so we see guys out there. And right away, I hear Black Cat like, look at this shit. Will you look at this shit? You know, he's just like, and and uh, and me and Lauren, Lauren's a man of few words. And so he didn't really say nothing. And I'm looking and I'm like, damn, look at these dudes. Right. So the guy, Sammy, is completely oblivious. There's literally probably about 10 guys just standing um, like on the sidewalk, but partially in the street. You know, they're huddled up. And then there's like guys uh, behind them like by the house in the gangway and there's a lot of them, man. And these dudes are scattered out there. And so the guy, Sammy is hearing our banter, like me and black cat. And he must've thought that we knew these guys. So he stops in the middle of the street. I'm talking about in the middle of the street. I don't know if he thinks these guys are brothers or what, but he stops in the, middle of the street and all these dudes are just looking at us. Like, they're shocked that we stopped. I'm shocked that we stopped too, right? But but they're shocked that we stopped. And so immediately in my head, I'm like, these dudes got to have guns. Like they're out here 15, 20 deep. This is their new hood. They have to be out here with guns. Um, and so my first intuition, I'm like, I'm like, black hat, chop them dudes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, and when I look over there, he already had the gun on his lap. You know, he had a 380 lemon squeeze. And... Uh, the guy, Sammy, I, I want to say like it was happening too fast for him to grasp what was going on. You know, so he's just kind of, he just kind of, um, uh, he's just kind of sitting there, you know, with his foot on the brake, like literally we're in front of these dudes and Black Cat reaches over him from the passenger seat right out the guy's window and starts shooting at the crowd of guys. Bah, 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 right. And I think after like four or five shots, it jams, the lemon squeeze jams. These dudes scatter, right? They're gone. They're, they're, they're scattered. They're running all over the place. The dude, Sammy, is like, man, what the hell? And he takes off. Now, we're in a Mustang, right? We're in a Mustang. So he takes off. And then right before, if you go between, if you go from Mitchell to Lapham um, on that street, South Division will be on your right. You can go to Lapham, but there's also a one-way street um, to your left, but it's coming towards you. So you can't turn down it. Well, don't tell the guy Sammy that because he turned down the one way. You know what I'm saying? And and now we're like, we're we're already, we're not in panic mode anymore about what just happened, right? We figure in our minds the shooting's over. Now we have to elude and get away safely. And, you know, no cops. Now remember, 16th Street is major busy street. Mitchell was major busy street. 
And this dude is going psycho. He's not even paying attention to what me and Black Cat or Lauren or anybody. He's just like, man, what the, he's like, you know, he's like literally, uh, he's like venting out loud in his head. Like, man, what the fuck happened? What's going on? And then he turns left back on 16th street. So I'm like, all right, he's probably going to go right back to 23rd. Everything's cool. That wasn't the case. We get to Mitchell and this dude takes another left, like going back where we just came from. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and there's literally there's like two guys across the street that that neighborhood. They're on Mitchell on 15th, but not in the area we were just at. They're across the street in front of this laundromat <clears throat> called Sudger Duds. And this dude drives up on the curb and tries to hit him. You know, because because this whole time he's like he's like uh he's like bantering out out his out his head. You know, like thinking out loud. We're like, yo, them are flakes, man. Them are flakes. Like you know, don't trip because he he don't know what the hell to think. And so he's like, those are flakes, those are flakes. So then he sees these dudes. He tries to run up on the curb. We're on a busy-ass street, man. He tries to run up on the curb and hit these dudes. They're diving out the way. You know what I'm saying? And then finally he takes off and we're gone. This dude's doing like, I, I promise you, bro. I thought we were going to, I, I, there's no way I thought we were going to crash 100%. I was like, man, this dude is, is reckless. We're doing like 90 down 15th. Once we get past Force Home, we're doing like 90, bro. Through st- we're eating stop signs like, you know, I think one time we might have went airborne. It was all types of shit. And I'm like, this is it. I'm like, this is it. Like, we ain't even going to die from getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude's going to run us into something. And then finally, um, he listened to Black Cat because the whole time we're telling him, slow the fuck. Nobody's chasing us. Slow down. You know what I'm saying? And then finally, he heeds our warning. He slows down. And, and uh, you know, we end up going back to, 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 to 23rd. And, and that was that. But as I catch my breath, that my friend was how the war started with the SGDs. That was the first shooting we had with those guys uh, where they were all out there. There had been another shooting that I believe uh, I think Joey was there for black cat and Lawrence um, same kind of guys. I think, I think uh, that was the first shooting, but it was like during the day and it was like, it wasn't like in right in the neighborhood. It was just some of them guys and they were off somewhere and, um, nothing ever really happened from that. It was kind of like a, a one-off. But that right there, what we did when we went to their neighborhood and parked in the middle of the street, <laughs> I think I think that changed things. You know, it's crazy, man. It's like it just snowballed from there as far as, uh, especially with Lauren. Like they recognized Lauren. Lauren ended up having like a long-standing beef with individuals. Like they started knowing Lauren by face. You know, Lauren shot shot. Uh, Lauren had shot one of their guys, and then I told you the story. Where I actually told a story where where just recently where Lauren actually got shot in the hand um, when he had his hand. You know, he was throwing up the crown. But the part I forgot about that story that I was reminded about the other day is that the bullet actually went through Payne's hat. Literally through his holy hat cow, and hit Lauren um, in the in the wrist, and we kept that hat for the longest time, bro. Like it literally went through Payne's hat, and um, like he'd have been dead. It was that would have been it. And so they had a long-standing war, man. And I'm talking about you know we would go back and forth and back and forth, and you know I mentioned the time we would just drive through there uh, randomly, you know, antagonizing them. You know, I used to go through there in cabs. You know what I'm saying? I used to go to there and crap and cabs, throwing drinks at houses and just, you know, uh, doing whatever I could. And, uh, you know, so it's crazy, but it was completely unrelated. But we actually ended up having a war. And I mentioned this too, with the LPs, right? And because the LPs 
were right down the block from the SGDs. The LPs were on 15th, but off of Lapham. So they're like a block, a city block away from each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the SGDs were picking on the LPs because of what we were doing to them. But every now and then, the LPs will put up a fight too. And that's why I said they both probably thought they were shooting at each other, but it was really us that shooting at both of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was really us in the middle. And and we ended up getting into a war with the LPs. So here's one that I was a part of, um, but I didn't I didn't start this war, but I remember the inception of it. And and that was with the LPs. But but before I get into that, did you have any questions about the SGD one? Uh, not a specific question about that story, but I, w- it, what this did bring up is this. How did these wars end up coming to an end? Because I, I just assume they just keep going on and on because one group is going to retaliate for something that happened to the other group, vice right. versa, and it just keeps... Is there a notable thing that happens that kind of calms these wars down? or Because the mm. from the way I, in my head, it just seems like they would go on forever. <laughs> because Right, right. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Get to that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that part. Okay. So with the LPs, the LPs were unique, right? In the sense that they weren't really strong. They weren't really strong in any way, really, if I'm being honest, like not to, not to, I don't want to poo poo the guys, but you know, if I'm being honest, they weren't strong in numbers. They weren't strong in, in, uh, in violence. Um, you know, they were kind of unrecognizable. Like if you were like, I'm an LP, nobody's like, Oh shit. Like LP, like nobody really, was like, but they had good guys on their team, though. Don't get me wrong. Like, they had some good guys that were solid, you know, and they just chose to be that for whatever reason. But anyways, the LPs, uh, they actually had, they ended up having what was basically like two factions, right? And um, I remember one faction was like the guy LP Chris. He had, he had a lot of the younger guys, like, looking to him, you know, and because he lived on 15th Street, so he was always around these guys, um, you know, and, and like I said, man, they weren't really like known. They were kind of like a tagger group. If I'm being honest, like they had, they were all taggers and they ended up being LPs, you know, cause I knew some of the guys, I knew the younger guys and, uh, and I, I've been over there before I've hung out over there before, before I was even a King. And, and I was never like, uh, you know, I never felt like that gang atmosphere. It was like a tagger group, but anyways, so LP Chris Hold had on. one fact. One second, Go ahead. one second. What is a tagger? Tagger is like guys that, that spray paint. You know, they spray okay. paint their okay. name and yeah. So, so that like, just like that, a tagger group is like, yeah, they're, they're not really gang banging, so to speak, but it could get ugly. Like if they cross out somebody's name, you know, like it was, it was like that, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like nothing crazy. Um, and so then there was another faction, right? And, and then the other faction was this guy was under this guy puppet, right? And LP puppet was, he was a chameleon in my mind. And, and I say that because he was agreeable. He appeased whoever he was around. Like he worshiped champ, right? So like he, he, he bowed down to champ's feet, anything champ said, you know, um, was always submissive, but then he would get tough with other guys, you know, like for some reason, uh, Tommy guns had a, a, a strong dislike for puppet and for Chris. I was never privy to the information that started that you know, and, and Tommy was, well, Tommy was a well-liked brother. He was like really, really infamous from two, three. Well, so that meant like a lot of brothers from different chapters hung out with him. And so like Geeky from Wild Walker, he was real cool with Tommy. 
And he also didn't like Chris. I think he even got charged on our indictment with like intimidation uh, or like he shot at Chris and then he got charged for intimidating him. It was some, something like that. Some, um, I'd have to look at the indictment again, but it was something like that. And so that, that war, so to speak, kind of, kind of stemmed from, I don't want to say just those two guys, but it was kind of like carried on from them. And, and so the Chris faction never wanted any drama. They were always like really, really submissive. Like, no, we don't want no smoke. And then, like I said, Puppet was a chameleon. So it depended who he was around would depend how he felt. It basically got to a point where we just looked at him like, you know what? Like, we're just going to demolish these dudes and we ain't got to worry about all of them. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's kind of how it was. That's how we felt. And I remember we had a little string where we were just letting them know, like, we can do whatever we want to you, you know? Um, man, I, I remember one time, man, um, and this is this is this is kind of like it, it's hard for me to say, man, because um, you know, these things are really, really serious and and um, they're really, really dangerous. And obviously it's life or death. And, and, uh, I, I don't want to sound heartless to, to the situation, but, but I'm explaining, you know, how these things get so deep. And so this was, this was like an example of how we could turn up on anybody at any given time. Well, the fact that the dude, Chris lived in that same house all the time, we knew where he lived. You know, you never want guys that you're going to war with to know where you live. And, mm-hmm. To be fair, I don't know how much he knew he was going to war, right? Like he he would try not to be in the war. He would always bow down and be like, "No, nah, we don't want no problems." But the 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 issue was that he had guys who were trying to who were trying to go to war, you know, who were trying to be tough at certain instances. And so, um, especially like with Puppet, and they were guys, you know, you can't say, "Oh, you know, I'm not with him," and you guys are in the same gang. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you just can't do it. Well, anyway, so to circle back, one night, man. You know, we we had, you know, we plotted to to go and, and see if we had any guys out there. It was like me, Black Hat, Tim. I want to say there was like a couple other brothers. And we we go to 15th and Lapham, man. We go over there and we get out the car. We all, all three of us had had uh had guns on us. And we got out the car, we're looking around, you know, and uh, you know, so we're standing there, we start, you know, we start screaming, M- LP killer. You know, we, we looking for anybody, you know, and we don't see nobody. And so, um, uh, black cats. All right. Well, he's like, all right, well, I got an idea. And so we go through the, we go through the gangway. It just happened to be the gangway. That was where Chris lived, man. You know, did you literally <laughs> go and knock on his door? <laughs> no, nah, we, well, we literally put it like this, man. <laughs> we broke the window of his bedroom and, uh, you know, I, I was on security and the guys shot up his whole, his whole room. You know, he didn't get hit, but that was, that was probably as close as you can get. You know, I mean, both of these guys are putting their hand through a, a you know, a broken window trying to fire it. But I imagine when he heard the window break, he probably took off then, you know what I'm saying? So that probably saved him. But, um, you know, so that's the kind of that, you know, and that's, that's where that war, it, it kind of took off from there. And there was things that happened from that war, man, that, that, uh, you know, that, that kind of spiraled and, and we ended up actually like being in a, in, you know, uh, a situation where if you seen these dudes, you knew it was going to be trouble as far as, you know, because we knew what we were doing. And, uh, it even, it, it, it escalated one time, uh, you know, it's funny is, uh, Revy, 
Revy, while Walker Revy, he was with with One Nine Mario. They end up running into these guys, a couple of LPs at a gas station. And, you know, Revy was one of them guys, man, that was always with the smoke. He didn't, he did not care. He just, he was just one of them dudes that was, you know, he wasn't, uh, I like to say that we analyzed different scenarios and we understood risk versus reward and we assessed it, you know what I mean? To some extent, Revy wasn't that kind of guy, man. He was just, he was just down with whatever at any time. And so when he's seen these dudes, I want to say the guy's name was like Diablo or something like that, some LP dude. So they're they're like they're like talking shit to each other back and forth, and um, they end up, you know, squaring up to box. You know, the LPs are like, well, all right, well y'all fight one on one then. We ain't gonna jump y'all. And I think there was probably like four LPs and maybe just Revy and Mario, right? And the dude's fighting, and. Uh, he actually ends up breaking Revy's jaw. You know, he gets the better of Revy. And, you know, there was a lot of things, a lot of ill feelings that 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 we felt from that. Like, dude, like they had to one up on us. You know what I'm saying? Like that irked us. Mm-hmm. And uh and it irked us with Mario because Mario didn't jump in. You know, there there's a there's a there's a there's a universal rule, right? And that's if one king moves, all kings move. It doesn't matter. There is no such thing as a one-on-one. You know, there's no such thing as a fair fight. That's just how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it comes to ours, unless it's like for some reason, two kings end up being okay to, to square up and fight each other, you know, then they let them. But, but that's extremely rare. So my point is saying that is Mario should have jumped in anyway, even though they said, you'll let us fight head up. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like if it's four of y'all and two of us, we getting jumped in because I ain't letting my boy fight by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not. And then he gets his jaw broke on top of that. So, so there was a lot of things, man, that stemmed from that. And um, we ended up, bro. We ended up, uh, we ended up shooting at a lot of LPs behind that. And you know what's funny is I was trying to look for the. I think I sent you the video where the LPs and the SGDs actually had the peace treaty. You know, I told you that was right around the time where we were at peak, you know, we were peak performance. We're shooting at these guys, shooting at these guys. And all of a sudden these guys had a huddle on Lapham and they're talking about we're ending the war. So that's one way to try to end the war. Right. They went on like had like a they had a. Um, uh, what is he like a activist, you know, as a as a peer mediator kind of thing. And, and they went on there and they were standing in a circle and. You know, they had their faces blocked out, but I knew every one of them dudes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I think I remember that video too. Yeah. Because it was yeah, like an so, old news broadcast or something, right? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yep, Channel yeah. 12. And so so that, you know, they thought they were ending the war, but they didn't understand the bullets weren't coming from each other. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, yeah, man, that, that kind of, it kind of transitioned. And I think it never got better as time went on the LPs actually started trying to recruit guys that we were enemies with, you know? And, you know, like I said, I, there was some, uh, there was speculation that I had heard that the guy LF Shorty ended up flipping to be LP. And that's because him and Puppet got real tight. But then some people say that wasn't true. I don't know. Maybe if somebody out there knows the truth, they can let me know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, needless to say, I knew that Puppet was a, a enemy and so was Shorty. So it didn't matter what they were. They were both together two birds with one stone, right? Like that's how we looked at it. So it didn't matter. Um, but, but that's, that's where our relationship with the LPs got. It never mended. Now I will say that when I seen in LPs individually on their own, there was never a problem because I knew a lot of them, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, 
And I don't think there'd be a problem today. Like, you know, I never had no personal individual beef with those guys. I was just willing to go to war with my guys for whatever it was. So I was there when that one, you know, the inception of that one. And then, and then obviously the war I started, right? So the war I started um, was with the unknowns. Um, I talked about this story before. I actually, sh- I was shooting at the LFs <clears throat> and, um, you know, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't know. I wouldn't have cared, full disclosure. I didn't know that unknowns were out there, but, you know, if I did, I wouldn't have cared because, because these guys were with our enemies. That's, that's the line you can't cross. And so that's the war that I actually feel that a hundred percent I started, you know, because I shot one of the guys <clears throat> and like, like I said, man, to be fair, bro, I wouldn't have been shooting at unknowns. Like I wouldn't have, you know, I shot, but the guy I shot, he ended up being like one of their guys, like, you know, one of the guys that was respected. And so they kind of clicked up with LFs after that. And so now we were at war with the LFs and the unknowns. I don't know if that's my fault though, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, you know, yeah, I started a war in the sense that I shot the guy. Right. But, you know, let's just put you in my shoes. Right. You see uh, half a street full of guys and you're in a rival neighborhood. You're going to assume that all those guys are just your rivals. Right. right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's more, more or less like, I mean, a casualty of war in a way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, and, um, so that's kind of how it happened, bro. You know, uh, you know, and, and for those that don't remember the story of me shooting, they can, they can go back. It's, it's in one of these episodes. Yeah, man. I, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't think that that's, I didn't think that that's what was going to happen. I didn't think, it, and the, and I wouldn't even have knew, right? This is how I ended up finding out that the unknowns were with those guys. So when they come and raid the house later on that night, right? You know, fast forward through all the, the bullshit that, you know, that had happened. They come and raid the house and then we're in the alley behind the house and, and we're back there until, you know, the wee hours of the morning. It's like six, seven in the morning. By the time they bring a detective car around and they're, they're we're, we're in a lineup, bro. So um, <clears throat> the lineup, isn't really a fair lineup. I mean, it's, it's me. And it's like, it's like me and, and Lawrence and, uh, a uh, Benny and, uh, I want to say pain. And, you know, they didn't even put my brother in the lineup, you know, cause my brother looks like me. And so it was obvious who they wanted in the pick, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and so these guys pull up in the detective car and that's when I knew because, the dude is in the detective car and he's pointing at me, you know, he's pointing at me. I'm thinking he's at left the whole time, you know? And so I start smiling at him, you know, I'm smiling at him. And, uh, and like that shit must've irked him. Cause he, he opens up the detective <laughs> car right away and he starts dipping the crown to me, right? He's throwing the crown down and he's like, he's like unknown and LF. And I'm like, what the hell? And so I'm looking at Lawrence and I'm looking at Benny. I'm looking at Tim. I'm looking at Payne. And they're kind of all looking back. Like we got our eyebrows scrunched up. Like what the hell? Like unknown and LF. Like this is news to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is new to us. And um, because we've always been cordial. Like, yeah, we weren't allies to a point where we were kicking it together, but we always were cordial with unknowns and we weren't trying to war with them. And so when that happened, man, they start dipping crowns. Like that's, that's a, that's a line you can't cross. That's it. You know what I mean? There's no coming back from that. You know, if, if, uh, if you're professing to be a King killer, like, okay, show me then, you know, like this is where, this is where it goes. And so, um, yeah, man, that was when we, that was when I found out and I actually ended up finding out that that same guy was actually a cousin to a King trippy world. Right. So, yeah. uh, 
um yeah so that that was the unknowns bro that was the unknowns that so that's that's how that one started <clears throat> so i saved this last one right here because i feel like it's one of the best ones okay. and because because it, it it was uh because this this was a gang that we were you know, I mentioned LFs, I mentioned two ones. Obviously, like I said before in the past, I feel like the Cobras were um, one of our strongest rivals. You know, just just going by quote unquote stats about who did what to each other, the LFs were no comparison. We, I mean, you know, just being honest, we we shot a lot a lot more of those guys a lot more times than they ever had a chance to shoot at us. Um, LPs, obviously, that was that was a yeah, it was a joke. The SGDs, they got it. They got a couple licks in, but that was a beatdown. But this gang right here, man, they were always, they were, um, how do you say it, man? I, I want to say they were like, they were tricky, man. You know, because, you know, they could creep up on you. And that was the MPs. The MPs, man, you know, there's an ongoing, there's a, there's an ongoing, uh, um, a reality about those guys. And that's that. Well, this was back then. This is the way we used to say to each other. We used to say, listen, bro, you know, nothing's going to happen if you see three of them. But if you see 10 of them, there's probably something going to happen, you know. And the downfall is that usually 10 can fit in the Continental. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and to be fair, we also had the, the arrogance. We used to think, okay, you know, if it's one of us or one or two of us, we could take three or four of them. You know, that's how we used to look at it. You know what I mean? And, and um if we're just going by, you know, basic common sense, right? I mean, the the Mexican guys we're talking about, you know, they're they're typically not the biggest guys. Like we just call it what it is. You know, I'm half Mexican. I'm five nine on a good day, right? So it's like <laughs> these guys are, you know, a lot of them. The majority of them are, you know, five 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 six. You know, grown men though. And so um, we used to feel confident we could fight two or three of them at a time. You know what I mean? And we did at times. So, but they did bring, they did bring a lot of, they bring, they brought a lot of heat, man. And there were individuals that were gung ho on hating Latin Kings. And so when they started coming around, man, in the nineties, you know, they were, I want to say they were built up by, I, I want to say they're started by, but they were built up by a lot of immigrants, you know, um, they believed in numbers. They recruited in numbers, you know, as far as they didn't care about the quality of the member. They wanted the quantity and they they grew really fast. I mean, I think their estimate was like 200 to 400 on the south side alone during during periods. Um, and that's a lot. That's a lot of mm -hmm. members in comparison. I mean, at, at best, you know, when we had a bunch of guys out of prison, we were like 20 strong, right? 22, 23, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's like, yeah, we thought we were like King Dingling at that time, right? We like, man, we're all out. You know what I'm saying? And these dudes got two, two to 400. But anyway, so, you know, in the, in the nineties, um, like I said, man, the, the cream of the crop were the Latin Kings, you know? And, and, and so naturally when a new gang starts coming around, no pun intended, but, you know, when you're coming for the crown, who are you going to go for? You're going to go for the strongest guy. You're going to go for, for the top dogs. And so I feel like that had something to do with probably like how it started a little bit, you know, like, like they, they didn't want to feel like they were anybody's little brother or they were scared of anybody, you know what I mean? And so 
there had been squabbles between the brothers and the MPs. And if I'm not mistaken, man, I heard this before that uh, because they were cordial with each other for a second, that one of the first feuds, to use your word, started at a party. You know, Mm. it started at a house party. But when the war really picked up, when the war actually started, like started, like they were trying to kill each other. It was a monumental moment. And it was actually like a, uh, you know, it was a gangland slain, bro. It was it was something that uh, was all over the news. There was actually an MP. I want to say he was like 15. He was a young kid, you know, but he was MP. He was a gangbanger. And uh, they were, he was actually, he was actually coming out of a church. There was two guys who were brothers, right? But they weren't, they were brothers, but they weren't from 19th street because 19th hadn't really been originated yet. 19th was an area where Kings used to be and a lot of futures used to be, but it wasn't an established neighborhood yet. And so these two guys, Rooster and Boogie, you know, these two guys, they seen this, this MP killed him on the church steps. And that was like their line, right? Like, obviously that was the ultimate line. And, and, um, that was their, their, once you did that, it's war forever kind of line. And, okay. um, you know, and they started coming in droves and that war I don't think it ever had a pause period, bro, because that was in the nineties and in the early two thousands, when we came, when, when we came out guns a blazing, those guys were there. They hadn't went anywhere. You know what? Let me, let me rewind a second though. Let me rewind a second. I just thought of something and it's on, it's on subject, but I just thought of something. I might've, I might've, I might've misspoke. I said that the LFs, didn't have as many hits on us as we had on them. And that's true for my era. But if you tie the LFs into the Lopez family, which they're they're basically known to be their origin from, right? Like uh, LF, Lopez family, La mm-hmm. Familia. Like you can see the correlation here, right? Yeah. So if you go back to then they they crush us um as far as what we did and i say that because they killed hollywood who was one of the biggest kings they killed 38 who was one of the biggest kings well known kings they killed taco taco was a nasty boy but he ended up he was basically like always around the brothers and this was all in a very short period of time so um that 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 element of LF, if you include that, they're, I guess, I guess they would kind of be their roots. You know, they, they probably separate themselves from the LFs, the Lopez family, because, you know, they're about Lopez. But if you tie them in together, yeah, they had a lot of numbers. But anyway, so I just wanted to bring it up because I was just thinking about that. I was actually talking with somebody the other day about, you know, how big of an impact that was in that period of time, losing those brothers, you know, um, big name brothers. And so anyways, um, back, back forward to the um, to the, to the MPs, you know, I've, I've mentioned run-ins with them on this podcast many a time. So, I mean, even just in that instance, you can see 
they never they never slowed down. And so you mentioned I want I'm going to swing it back to now to the end of the gangs thing. And okay. you mentioned that that yeah there was that that one instance where the war kind of ended because they sort of like signed a peace treaty. But I'm assuming that's very unusual. Okay, and yeah, it yeah, sounds okay. like it sounds like for the most part none of these other wars really ever even ended at least right. in okay. your era. Right. Okay. So full circle. You want me to bring it full circle here. All right. So um yes, I think that once a war is started from blood, I don't think it ever ends, bro. And there's a bunch of reasons that go into that. You know, I think one of the reasons is just talking about like, you know, the the conversation we had the other day about families. Just think about that. Think about if a family member of one of these big families that are rooted in these gangs gets killed. That family is essentially whatever gang they are for generations and generations Mm -hmm. now because it's Mm -hmm. a family. And so that one person is going to allow that family to carry on that war. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that happens, you know, that happens and that, and that's for any gang, right? So that can happen for a two one or, or LF or, you know, whoever it is, they also have families and gangs. And that's another thing I forgot to mention. Like, yeah, the Kings are rooted in families as well, but there's, you know, there's two ones that have generations of, of two ones and, and Cobras that have generations of Cobras. And so just imagine, bro, like these guys are family within a family. And so if one of them die, once it's rooted in blood, once the war is rooted in blood, I don't think there's ever there's ever any coming back from that. Now, blood was shed with the unknown situation, but I feel like cooler heads can prevail in that situation. I feel like we could get together, you know, you know, this is a this is a hypothetical. We could have gotten together, been like, yo, listen, we, you know, what's up? Are y'all with them? Because if you're with them, then the war continues. But if you're gonna you're gonna isolate yourself from them, then then we can be all right again. You know what I'm saying? Um, that probably would have never happened realistically, but just saying from a standpoint, there wasn't anybody that died from that situation with the SGDs. I feel like that one would have, you know, that was one of them. We were in war until one of us die. You know, we started this. So we were going to, we were going to be the, the start of an ongoing feud that lasted forever, you know? Um, but unfortunately their, their hood, um, ended up disintegrating into dust. You know, once uh, once Chuck D was killed, uh, they didn't have a strong enough leader to to hold it together. Um, so to answer your question, bro, I think that these wars are infinite. Um, and, and that's not to say that there isn't dry spells where guys aren't killing each other. But you better believe that when these guys are in the same place together, there's going to be an issue, especially the younger guys. You might run into a situation now where the older guys might not care as much, but I don't know, man, black cat dying still hurts me. You know, that's not saying Mm -hmm. that I would go kill a Cobra, but it still hurts me. So if I compare that to the guys that might still be active or might still have some street cred, who knows what they would do? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So it's like, um, I feel like these wars, bro, they're they're not, um, they're not, they're not really, <clears throat> they're not mendable. Matter of fact, here's a crazy little twist, right? So 
when the LFs like started being LFs, right? Um, they had guys who were coming out like gangbusters. You know, they were they were shooting at brothers a lot. You know, and um, this is after all those guys had passed away. You know, Hollywood and Thirty Eight, but not terribly long after, but a little bit after. And um, <clears throat> there was a guy by the name of LF Kid who was like one of their most known writers. Anybody who's an LF, I mean, they're going to say, you know, if you say the name Kid, they're going to say rest in peace because that's how much homage they want to pay to this guy because he was a young kid, I think. I mean, he was not, not young, young, but, you know, he was a teenager, but he was like their, he was like their heavy duty hitter. I told the story before, but I never mentioned that the story actually involved somebody in my family. You know, Kid ended up getting killed. And so when Kid got killed, that intensified the war with the LFs and the brothers, you know, and they actually came to 19th Street after that happened and shot one of the brothers, you know what I'm saying? So out of, out of, you know, just rage, they came over there, you know, not caring that they were in 19th Street hood where guys are all over the place and they got guns, you know, they were that comfortable and that, and, and that, I wouldn't say comfortable. They were in that much rage, I guess. And so that war right there would would never end based on that. You know what I'm saying? In my mind. Like that was one of those infamous moments where they took a guy. And same thing with 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 Dante, right? Like I could never see, you know, us sitting down with the Cobras and saying, okay, everything's cool. Water under the bridge. Cool bridge. You yeah. know? So but my point of bringing up the LFs is that they actually tried to have a meeting between the leaders um, to squash the war. You know, it was a secret meeting. There wasn't a lot of people there. You know, the brothers had security and obviously they probably had security too. And they walked away from that conversation with no resolution. You know, they couldn't see eye to eye. You know, my guess is like, uh, this will be my guess, right? I'm liking it to a King situation. When Liar Louie died, the Walkers wanted to blame 19th Street for it. Um, and, and I understand why, rightfully so, right? There was one nines there. They part, some of them participated in it, to, in it to some extent after the fact, from my understanding. But the main guys responsible weren't from 19th Street. They weren't even kings. The guy Mondo was not even a king. He's a nobody. The guy Isaiah wasn't a king. He was a future, you know, but another nobody. And so the Walkers wanted blood behind that, bro. They wanted blood. And so they came to 19th Street with, with this suggestion. Oh, well, give us Joey and we'll be okay. Being that was give us Joey, explain to that. Like, to kill. Give us the okay. Joey to kill. <laughs> that, that's yeah. what my question was. Okay. Yeah. Give us Joey to kill and hey. we're even. And why Joey? Was Joey somehow Joey involved? was there. He, he was, was there, there that night. Okay. Yeah, Joey was there that night. Um, why Joey is a good question because Los was all Los was there, Mike was there, Mondi was there. Why Joey? I don't know. And you know, it, it, you got to remember this night that it happened. They were all drinking, so I'm imagine at that point Joey was probably Frank the Tank. He probably wasn't even Joey. <laughs> so it's like, you know, 
the premise of that request was all the way off anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like we were never going to say, oh, okay. You know, we would have took, we would have took them dudes to war in a heartbeat, you know, even though we cared about them, you know, we cared about Kiki. We cared about Juanito, you know, we cared about, um, the, the other, you know, Juanito wasn't so much involved in that. Um, it was like Kiki and, 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 and his side of the family, you know, Meadow and, and, uh, baby Ray and, and, you know, those guys, they wanted blood for Laura Louie. And I, I respected that. I can, you know, that's their family. They grew up with the guy. I understood that, but we were never going to give away Joey, especially because one, we weren't, one, we were never going to give any one of our guys away anyway. I don't care what the case was, right? Even if they were responsible, we would have never given them Joey. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, and we were ready to go to war for that. But we we had a certain, and this is why I said we were we were at fault to some extent, because we had a certain arrogance because we knew we didn't do it. Right. So it wasn't like like we weren't walking around in eggshells like, damn, we're 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 kind of bogus. We shouldn't have did that. You know, we were walking around like, damn, man, you know, that's fucked up. Like we like Liar Louie, too. Like he was around us, too. Obviously, he was there that night because he liked hanging around 19th Street. So we were heard about it, too. We didn't think about it like, oh, shit, one nine's going to get the blame for it. You know, what I mean, we didn't think like that. And um, but my point of bringing that whole thing up is. That's probably how the negotiation went um, mm-hmm. when, you know, when uh, when the Kings met with the LFs, they probably said, OK, our best guy is dead. Give us your best guy yeah, so and we're even your best guy. Yeah. Know? And we're even. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's probably like, OK, yeah. Call it, me never. And And I can see. So now as you talk about this, I can see. So you talked about how. The, the wars never end, but they might go into like kind of a slow period, I guess would yeah. be the way to say it. And I could see that because if if there's not a big instance that something doesn't happen for a while that's like gets everybody riled up, it probably calms down for a little bit. But then inve- inevitably you're going to run into each other and something's going to happen and something big happens and then it reignites the fire of the of the war again basically right right and then there's there's guys too bro like there's individual guys who are the uh you know they're beating the drum for these wars you know what i'm saying like you got to remember there's guys that are closer to certain guys you know like i was close with black hat that doesn't mean everybody on 19th street was close with black hat you know and so let's say i was the one that's beating the drum for the war with the cobras and i get locked up that's not saying we're not going to war with Cobras no more, but it might not be as hot as right. it was when I was out. You see what I'm saying? And so that's what happens. That's when you go into these dry spells, it's not because they forgave each other. It's because probably one of the guys that's beating the drum for the war to go on the hardest is gone. And it takes another one of those guys to get out and be like, yo, what the hell's going on here? Like we should have been shooting at these guys. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And um, that's kind of what that's, that's why you get dry spells. You go through phases, you know, where you, you might, it might be like an all-out war on the MPs and you forget about the two ones and the LFs and all these other guys because you're so focused on these dudes because of something they did. You see what I'm saying? That's the thing about the wars, man, is uh, like with us, bro, we didn't have no allies. And so our wars were literally everywhere on the South side, you know, there was no limitations. It wasn't like we knew, okay, if we go past national, we're we're probably going to get into some shit. No, it's like you walk out your door. There's probably somebody out there somewhere that, you know, in a close vicinity that wants to kill you. Right. You know what I mean? And so 
that's that's what I'm saying. Like the wars, the elements of the war, they only intensify, bro. Um, they're, they're, the 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 idea and the element of a peace treaty or some sort of talk, it's an illusion during that time. You know mm-hmm. what is it progressed into now? What is the gang atmosphere? What is the? I mean, I think we've had this conversation before. What does it look like now? I couldn't tell you, bro. I mean, I know it's not what it was. Uh, well, I and maybe mean, that's it. like we we did. I don't know if that was a regular episode or the Patreon where we talked about you know like what it might look like now. And if it is that chaotic thing where there's not really groups at all, it just, to me, it would just be mass chaos. Like everybody would be fighting with each other. I mean, yeah. at least, at least in, in the world, like you said, Latin Kings at a certain point, you know, when people were out of jail had 20 members. Well, for the most part, you can say that those 20 members are going to stay at peace with each other. But if now yeah. you're segregating everything into people, five groups of fives i mean fights got to be erupting left and right because you know that they're they're not a solid point bro yeah and they're not in they're i'm assuming if they're these small this small of groups they're not in territories per se they're not in neighborhoods they're just everywhere you know and it's a solid point bro because um i always lump myself into there because i'm my best example Let's just say these groups of five was me, Tim, Toot, Snuff, and Mondi. Bro, you're talking about five guys who at the time, we didn't think our shit stunk, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, we didn't care if you were, yeah, like, we showed love to you. But if we broke it down in groups of five and we got our team, we would take that team up against anybody. We Mm -hmm. didn't care. You know, mm-hmm. and so you're right, man. That element of taking away the head off the snake and the, you know, the chains around the fence, so to speak, and the structure, you know, it's 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 harmful. But you know what's another thing I think about, bro? Another element that I didn't even consider until just sitting here um, is, and this is a this is a uh, I think it's a real demon that has a hold right now in the street, and that's drugs. You know, a lot of the older guys, um from my era and the era before me, they weren't drug addicts, bro. You know, mm-hmm. some of them, they, tro- they, they partied, you know, whatever. And, and, um, you know, like I said, guys didn't always agree with, you know, guys putting things up their nose and whatever the case is, but now it's a different element, bro. You got guys that are on heroin, guys that are on fentanyl, guys that are, um, you know, doing crack or ecstasy or whatever, all these other drugs on the low and, and, you can't tell me you can't tell me that 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 element doesn't affect their judgment and how they might be dictating that their gang goes or you know cuz you got to remember the older guys are usually going to be the ones in charge I'm the exception not the rule you know what I'm saying and um if those guys are doing drugs how do you think what kind of effect do you think that's going to have I, you know? I can and I could actually flip that on you though because, I mean, I hate to say this, but the situation, think about it. If you were wired out on heroin during this period of your time, you probably would not have been able to do a lot of the shit that you did do because you were strung out on heroin. Heroin is all-encompassing of your life. I mean, heroin addicts, they, they don't do anything but get stoned on heroin or whatever the proper term for it. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. So, so listen, so, so there's a couple of things, there's a couple of things there. Right. And I understand what you're saying. 
But my point specifically was about the older guys. So the older guys aren't in the street like that. They're not going to have, um, they're not going to have the need to be out there on the block doing this and doing that. So my point of saying that though, by that time, that element of me being out there would have been taken away. And to be fair, you know, heroin is heroin, bro. But dare I say, all heroin users are not created equal. And I say that because not all heroin users um, users shoot up. Some only sniff it. And so those guys, as crazy as it sounds, can be functionable. Mm-hmm. They can be functionable because they're not strung out with a needle. Um, now, at some point, I think it progresses to that. I think that um, the drug eventually gets its hold on you. But how long does that take? And during that time, what are those guys doing? You yeah. know? And, and so, no, I just think there's an element. And it's the same thing with cocaine. You know, I believe that cocaine users, obviously, you know, everybody calls marijuana a gateway drug or whatever the case is. They used to, right? And in, in the when I was in school, it was a gateway drug. Um, but it, it cocaine has, has to... What, when I was in school, too, so... so. Damn, yeah. in the 60s? No, look. No, but look, so so but cocaine is is not is not is not too far from the tree. And I think cocaine, obviously, the next step up is crack, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I don't know. After that, I think that's I I don't know if you go parallel to heroin or if heroin is actually a step above crack. I don't know. But you know. Those drugs, obviously, they're just stepping stones. So, yeah, I can I can understand. And there would never be a guy shooting up cocaine leading a, a gang meeting. I, I don't see that. But mm-hmm. I'm saying I know of people who snort heroin and um, they carry themselves normally, man. You know, I don't know about, obviously, just, you know, like fentanyl and shit like that. I don't even know. It's scary <laughs> yeah, to think yeah. about, but... I don't even know how to act on fentanyl. What does fentanyl do to you? I mean, I, I mean, have I no idea. A, it kills you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a good, that's a good one. That's, a, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what fentanyl does. It just kills you. <laughs> but some people chase that, that, that killer high, so to speak. Um, especially out here for some reason, it's like the go-to drug out here. And it's like, uh, it's like $3 a pill, bro. Like literally that's, that's how close, um, you know, obviously I am to Mexico and, and, you know, we got people on the corner asking for two, three dollars cause they're hungry. Bullshit. You know, it's not, it's not like, it's not like before, um, like in Milwaukee, two, three dollars is not going to get, um, a crackhead, a rock. It's not, they're going to have to keep, keep saving up. It's not going to get them a bag of heroin if it keeps saving up. But for these fentanyl pills, $2, bro, $3 yeah. and, and they're dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they're, they're one or the other, either dead high or they're dead, literally. Because <laughs> and they're zombies, bro. They're zombies yeah. out here. It's not. So. It's not really something to laugh at, but it is something. It does have its humorous side to it, I guess. No, I mean to so. my the humor I take in it, bro, is not the effect of it, right? That's very serious. People die from fentanyl, and if anybody has a problem, they should definitely reach out and get help. If anybody in their family, they should always try to help them. I've had my own family members who've dealt with their own struggles with drugs, with heroin. Um, so I'm sympathetic to that. I'm never, I would never laugh at the fact that um, what fentanyl does and the effect. I laugh at the fact that these people are willing to even go and try it, knowing that 
there's probably like a literally like at this point where we're at right now, a 60, 65% chance you could take a lethal dose, at least, at least overdose, you know, maybe not die, but at least overdose. And so to me, I find a, it, that's why I found so much humor in what you said, because I asked what it does and it kills. That's, that's what it does. That's the only thing I ever hear about. So, <laughs> right. And they choose it and they choose it. Right. It's like, yeah. you know, listen, man, like. I'm going to tell you a secret, right? Full disclosure. I smoke weed, right, bro? That's like me agreeing to smoke weed, knowing that there's a joint that could possibly kill me. It might not be these first 10, but that 11th one might get me. Yeah. I would and never smoke weed, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That you won. Like, I, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so that's, that's what I, that's what I think of it like, bro. So it's like, you know, and like I said, I do have sympathy for the addiction element of it, but uh, I don't know, man. I feel like we're all strong people, man. I feel like we're all we're all strong enough to overcome, bro. Mentally, the mind is a crazy, crazy strong um, muscle, uh, and I call it a muscle because the more you work it, the stronger it gets. The mind is it can get you out of some shit, bro. It can get you into some shit. Don't get me wrong. I'm a prime example, but it can get you out of some shit too, man. And, um, you know, I feel like those people, listen, you know, I got, I got recovering addicts in my family, man, that I'm proud of. Maybe, maybe I don't take enough time to, you know, to pat them on the back and, and be like, Hey man, you're doing good. But it's all, I feel that in my heart because I worry about them, you know, but I guess my approach is always like, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to be the one to, uh, to bring it back up. What if they haven't been thinking about it? Yeah. That's, you know, that's for nine months. True. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey man, you're beating that heroin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like, so it's just like, I'm, I'm supporting the people, you know what I mean? That I love and care about, you know? And, um, but it's like, you have to do it. There has to be, in my mind, there has to be ways to do it. That's right. And probably wrong. And, I'm I'm definitely not qualified to determine that line, you know what I'm saying? Because I've never been a user myself. Um so or an abuser. I have been a user of marijuana, but not an abuser. So oh real Get quick on there. real quick. Real oh. quick. Let me cut let me cut you off. I'm sorry, but you just brought up a great point. Um I should get like some special effects or something that I could like press. Um so right now we could have like champagne popping and like uh confetti. Uh, noise oh, falling. Oh, did we get it? Because we we got our tenth review, man. We got wow. our tenth review, Woo! and <laughs> and it was actually like like a really really good review, and it just shows that we're reaching far. I mean, this guy was from Chicago, so you know we're reaching we're reaching farther and farther. You know, what I mean, we got we got one from Thailand or or wherever the hell it was across the across the world, and you know, uh, we got one from Chicago. That's that's a reach from our neighborhood, but you know close i guess on the geographical scale but um so what i'll do is what (laughs) exactly so what i'll do is next week man you know i'll I'll just give a quick shout out to the people that sent the reviews um i'll mention them they definitely are worth it but i just wanted to end this by saying if you sent the review um please send a, a a mailing address to to normalize crime at gmail so we can um, send you your your ten dollar gift card to Starbucks, 
Um, I apologize if you had already sent your address in. <laughs> I probably didn't store it away. Um, and that should probably make you happy because that means I'm not creepy. <laughs> but but that means you have to send it back in. So yes, it's uh I'll send I won't wait until I get all 10 addresses, but as I get your address, I'll I'll put it in the mail for you. And um I just want to say I appreciate all the support, man. I appreciate uh, I never expected this to be anything close to what it is even at this stage. Um you know, I kind of thought uh, I'd, I'd come on here and, and share my story and everybody would be like, who gives a shit? But, <laughs> you know, apparently there's a couple of people that do. And, and so, no, nah, I just appreciate the support, man. And, um, you know, all jokes aside, the movement is, is, is only as far as we take it, man. So, you know, this community that we got, we can continue to grow, you know, grab a friend, grab a family member, put them on the podcast, you know, and let's just keep, making positive momentum forward, man. Um, I really appreciate y'all and, and, uh, and we did it. And, and on top of that, man, you know, we have, um, we have basically over our close to 6,000 listens, you know, like that's, I mean, that's for, for a small town, you know, small timer, um, type podcast, man, that's pretty good. Yeah. And so, um, and especially in the period of time that it's been happened. So So. exactly. And And that's, that's the key in the period of time, man, we basically just started, we're just getting started and uh we just hope everybody stays along for the ride man i appreciate y'all with that we're gonna wrap this episode up thanks everybody for tuning in uh we do have a patreon you can find that at patreon.com slash normalized crime and as always if you do have any email comments send them over to normalized crime at gmail.com and we will be back next week with another episode thanks everybody for tuning in (laughs) peace Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.